All right, welcome to another edition of the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Randy Zellia from BackSportsPage.com, and thank you for making us a part of your wrestling week. You can follow the show on all of our social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the major platforms. We are there, as well as all podcast platforms, including iHeartRadio. Go back and listen to some of the great interviews that we have done. Our show is produced by Andrew and Alyssa. They do a great job every single week on getting it out there and doing all the editing and getting it out on social media. Thank you so much, guys, for all the hard work that you do. Let's take a quick peek around the world of professional wrestling. And then we have our special interview with the voice of Impact, Tom Hannafin. So let's go with the WWE first. Rumors and, uh, I guess, speculation has sort of broken out again. Cody Rhodes officially signed by the WWE, looking to fight Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, starting as early as this upcoming Monday night on Raw. You will see Cody appear on the screen, I guess. Uh, we'll see what happens. Again, I think this is not a great move by Cody Rhodes. I think he's hurting himself, especially now that AEW has acquired Ring of Honor. But Cody's a very creative guy, and I think he's looking at the long term. I think he only has a couple years of wrestling left, and then he wants to go back into Hollywood. And I don't think AEW has the same reach that WWE has built up between their own studios and uh, the amount of film work that opportunities that WWE will get you. But the problem is the last time WWE had Cody Rhodes on their roster, he was dressed up in stars and making sounds like his brother Goldust at that time. So we're very interesting to see what happens with Cody Rhodes and where this whole thing goes. Him versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania should be fun. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin, first time since WrestleMania 19, gearing up in some sort of match. That's what it's looking like against Kevin Owens. We'll see how it goes. I think this is a bad move by Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't like, I think he should just stay retired, make a page, occasional appearances. And this is not the right thing to do. Kevin Owens is a great talent. I think he is, you know, underused, underutilized in WWE. And I really do think that a match is a bad idea. A fun segment where Stone Cold gives him a stunner, leaves him, pours beer on him and salutes the state of Texas. I think that's the way to go. I don't think they should have a match. Uh, don't screw up a legacy. Uh, you know They're saying that sometimes a match with a, a legend doesn't hurt the legend if he loses. In this situation, I think it does with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, look, Logan Paul and The Miz and The Mysterios, I think, and the Sammy Zayn, Johnny Knoxville stuff, I think it all speaks for itself. I think it's, you know, they're trying to knock on the door of the entertainment world and try and get as much you know, ET presses they possibly can, entertainment tonight presses they possibly can. But this is not something that I really, really care about watching. Uh, Brock and Roman, look, the story with Paul Heyman, man, I just, someone has got to give Roman a loss. And it's got to happen. I think it should be happening at WrestleMania. Because who's next? Who is next for Brock? Not Brock, I'm sorry. Who's next for Roman? Who is next for Roman Reigns? I, I don't have an answer for you on that. So, we will we will follow that story. We'll keep it checking checking it out and see where it goes. Uh, over in AEW, look, CM Punk is since winning the dog collar match at Revolution off TV, filming the stars show Heels, while MJF has moved on to making Warlord's life a living hell since he turned on him at Revolution. Brian Danielson and John Moxley with William Regal as their manager is a lot of fun. I think this is something that's really really cool. Uh, because if you're not putting those two guys in the world title picture, you have to find something that's going to draw fans' interest. And I think this is very intriguing of what they're doing. I like Keith Lee. I think what they're trying to do is sort of figure out where everybody sort of stacks in this, stacks up in this in this crazy roster that they have of so much talent. Joey Janela, Marcus Stunt, and others getting ready to depart from the company. 
because uh, so, lack of opportunity there. You know, you when you're bringing all this top tier talent and this the lower tier of talent or the mid mid card talent suffers. Uh, it's great to have all of it. I know there's names out there that would like to probably get their hands on, like Johnny Gargano and Cesaro. Uh, those guys are available. You bring them in the AW, but then you're going to have guys who are going to be on the outside looking in as far as TV time. I still think you have guys like Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs who have so much potential, and they have not really been able to put them as a focus on Dynamite uh, in a long time. So then you have over at Impact Pro Wrestling, man, Josh Alexander and Moose coming up. That's going to be a lot of fun. Josh Alexander off TV for a little while. He had visa issues and was able to uh, resolve those. And, uh, you know, look, Impact Wrestling slowly and quietly has some of the best wrestling out there. I know GCW has gotten garnered a lot of attention. I think that uh, you, know, you look at MLW. MLW has a TV deal. New Japan Pro Wrestling, of course, has their, their fan base and has some of the best wrestling around. Uh, our former co-host, uh, Emery Rivera, will eat, sleep, breathe. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, as you should. It's an amazing product. Um, I just think that Impact Wrestling does not get the love it deserves for the work that they have put in re rebuilding their brand after the, what was a disastrous situation under Dixie Carter. Um, that's another story for another time. And I think that you, if you have the opportunity to go out and watch their products, I think the women's matches are amazing. I think the talent that they have on their roster, uh, I think they just need that one player that one player to take them over the edge. And I think they're right in the mix for the conversation with everybody. Uh, speaking of impact wrestling, today's guest, Tom Hannafin, the voice of impact wrestling. He sits down with me and we discuss everything impact wrestling, including his career uh, with WWE, his, his, uh, his flirtation now with ESPN, being able to broadcast some basketball games as well as his career. And that starts right now here on the cut pro wrestling podcast. All right, back here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. Right now joining me is the voice of Impact Wrestling, Tom Hannafin. Tom, thanks for giving me a few minutes today, man. I appreciate it. No, thank you, man. Uh, it's, a, it's a good time in wrestling right now. Build up to uh, something happening in Dallas. Oh, right. That's right. It's the Impact Wrestling Multiverse of Matches at WrestleCon. That's what I'm excited about. <laughs> but listen, who isn't? Like, not only that, but I also understand like WrestleCade is going to be down there or something's going to be down there. Some more fan fest. Oh, best reason to go something. to Dallas. I don't yeah. know what's happening there. It's who, weird. Who, who knows what's going on there? I heard a rumor you might have worked for a company that's going to be down there, too. They're just just a small rumor. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Tom, you know, right now, the uh, Impact Wrestling, I was talking with a, a couple other people uh, during the week this week, and we watch everything, you know, because we want to stay on top of it, especially since we're hosting a show. We always, always want to make sure we have our, we're, we're dialed in on everything. And I, I got to tell you, Impact Wrestling has quietly put on some of the best wrestling in, 20, in 2021 and 2022. You're, you're, you're ringside. You're calling the action. What are you seeing from your perspective behind a desk right with this company? Uh, I I have to agree with you because it, it gives me flashbacks to when I was in NXT from 2014 to 2016, because you had this combination of up and comers, um, people who'd spent a lot of time on the indies and then veterans mixed in and just that environment being as intimate as it was at Full Sail University. That's what the impact zone is cultivating, no matter where it goes at this point. It's just a really cool show. It's a good show. It's, uh, the, and I mean this in the best way possible. It is a simple, good wrestling show. You are not getting tons of bells and whistles and people trying to 
you know, write out war and peace in terms of storylines. It is very, very good wrestling. And I think that's the thing that, to your point, some people are sleeping on it. I understand, yes, there might be a stigma attached to Impact Wrestling from years in the past. Trust me when I tell you that having been a part of the company now for about two and a half months, that's not the same company. This is a very different place. And I've spoken to a lot of people who used to work in that environment of you know TNA and then Impact Wrestling. It's just different. And what they're doing right now is so much fun. It's so creative. You really never know who's going to show up. And it's that unpredictability of professional wrestling that makes it so special. And I think Impact has captured that. You know, and you came on right in the beginning of the year replacing Matt Stryker. Uh, what have you been able to bring that you learned from WWE to Impact Wrestling uh, to sort of carve out your own niche, not trying to be that standard play-by-play guy? What have you been able to sort of put your own twist on over here in Impact Wrestling? I've really gone back and done my homework. I've been a fan of Impact Wrestling when I was younger. I'd say like the mid-2000s was when I was watching. So it's A, being able to go back and do my homework and add some depth to characters. Some of the people that have jumped to mind have been like Rosemary, Crazy Steve, Eric Young, Eddie Edwards. Like These are competitors who've had years in this company, years of storytelling that sometimes people forget about. And I feel responsible to bring that information forward. Um, from WWE, I think we were taught storytelling from day one. And I believe in deep storytelling, not just saying a guy wrestled in this country and this dojo and how many championships he won and God knows what promotion. That doesn't tell you who these characters are. That doesn't get you invested in who these people are. So that's what I'm out to do. And the familiarity with about, I'd say, half the roster helps. And then getting to know a lot of people along the way, it's all fresh for me. So I'm making my own discoveries as we go. So I get to be a fan. I get to be myself and work with Matthew Raywalt has been so much fun. We had experience together in WWE and I'm really proud of the work we're doing right now just to bring all these stories to life just in different ways. And it's funny too, you mentioned the history of the company and guys like Eric Young and you know Rhino who had been there during the original TNA times and being able to bring back like fun little facts. Like remember, you, know, you can even say during your broadcast, like Eric Young was part of Team Canada back in the day. And like it just, you know, those little fun facts, it's always very, very cool. Um, so can you talk about what a normal day of TV is like for you over with impact? Uh, as far as prepping and getting ready to do the taping and uh, how the voiceovers, if, if you guys are doing voiceovers, how the process with that, can you talk about how that process works? Yeah, I, I would, I'm going back to my NXT days again, is that it's very similar to when NXT was a taped product in that it was two episodes of TV a day usually. So you have a meeting probably around noon and you start taping everything by seven. Um, the afternoon, there's time for rehearsals and sound checks, et cetera, for me to do my notes meet with agents, meet with talent. So you have all those opportunities, but it's very similar to NXT in that like there's a plan uh, in advance. So that's really, really cool to go in with a solidified understanding of what we're doing, what stories we're telling, where we're going. Um, and then edits, uh, for the most part, usually like Tuesdays and Wednesdays during the week. Um, I have all my equipment at home because I, I do my own podcast and I've had audio equipment for years as any good broadcaster should. <laughs> so uh, I've got great equipment and impact has supplemented that, which is awesome. So I get to do edits from home on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and our crew in Nashville does an amazing job cranking out these shows and editing them. So my job is just to try and match 
my voice to what we were doing in whatever location we were. And again, that's something you talked about what I learned from WWE. I remember going to Stanford, Connecticut when they were still taping SmackDown and doing edits for SmackDown and Michael Cole teaching me how to match my voice to what my tone was when I was sitting at the desk in say Louisville, Kentucky. What did you sound like? Or did you just make it sound like you were reading off a copy? So there's a lot of skills that I've been able to bring forward. And it's just really nice that uh, Josh Matthews is my executive producer. So he and I are in lockstep with what our instincts are in terms of like, hey, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should put this here. And it's also undoing that WWE brain a little bit. And it's like, let's mix this up. Let's do something a little bit different, something that we wouldn't have done there. That's cool. And we had Josh on the show um, last month and he was just saying how much he loves producing. And like he said that he didn't realize how much he learned about producing until he started doing it. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, and like for, for you, knowing that you had uh, a little bit of a sports background before entering wrestling, uh, being a lead play by play guy, what have you been able to take from learning? I know we're, we'll talk about this, your opportunities with ESPN in a minute. So from when you were in, in journalism school and you were doing play-by-play, what have you been able to take away from that experience and put into professional wrestling? I think the bottom line for anybody in broadcasting, it doesn't matter what sport or what entertainment you're calling. If you're doing play-by-play, your first and foremost objective is to make sure it's a clean show. And what I mean by that is that all the ads, the commercials, the throws to video packages, calls of graphics on cameras, all the structure of the show, If you make sure that is clean, neat, and organized, the entire show feels fantastic. It makes it feel bigger. It makes it feel professional. So that's something I learned at the college level that obviously got beaten into my brain at WWE in a good way. And they taught me how to walk as a broadcaster. So I'm grateful for that. And now I can take those skills and I can apply it to Impact Wrestling, where, as I mentioned, it's a taped environment. So I personally love being on live television because there's no safety net. And I love being able to go, 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 because that was the norm at WWE, was constantly live television. So a taped environment, yes, there's room for mistakes. We all make mistakes every single week, so we can go back and just make sure that it's perfect. I appreciate that very much, but my goal every time I go out there is to make sure structurally the show is sound. And now that you're doing, we just mentioned ESPN, you're getting some opportunities uh, with ESPN. And let's talk about how that came about and uh, some of the experiences you had calling uh, you know, NCAA basketball. What was that like? And how did the ESPN opportunity come around? Yeah, it, was, it felt like years in the making. So uh, Amanda Gifford is uh, in charge of uh, talent at ESPN. Amanda Gifford is a fellow Penn Stater. And we had gotten connected through uh, some friends uh, a number of years ago. And had just sort of stayed in touch. And it was all right, you know, me having an eye on potentially doing sports at some point in my career. And one of the first calls when I was released this past summer was to Amanda Gifford. Just be like, you know, I want to prove myself. What do I have to do? And I spent a lot of time doing exactly what was recommended to get my tape organized. And I did that. And I was very, very grateful that she reached out to me uh, early in February and asked if I could fill in for an opportunity. Um, Ohio State versus Michigan in Ann Arbor, live, you know, on site. You know, there's been a lot of remote broadcasts in, in professional sports. So I was ecstatic. Like, I couldn't even put it into words. I couldn't believe I was actually getting the text to do this. And as you probably know, so many opportunities in life come because they just needed somebody to fill in, somebody as a replacement. And the way I looked at it is that 
I have been trying to get a foot in the door in that world for the longest time. And this was a really big foot in the door. <laughs> so, I mean, I, it's not lost on me. And then they get a call uh, a couple of days later to do another game, uh, Baylor versus Oklahoma State, another one live on site, that one in Stillwater, Oklahoma. I was just blown away. It, it was so much fun. And again, all the things that I've learned, whether it be at, at Penn State Broadcast Journalism School or at WWE and just in terms of executing a professional broadcast, it all just kind of came together and, and it was this nice collaboration. It was fun. I still have a lot to learn and a lot that I want to be able to do in that space. And I'm grateful ESPN's given me uh, that opportunity with them. What was it like being in that, you know, the, the college atmosphere and all, all the student body there screaming in the background, <laughs> like, like that's, that's like every broadcaster's dreams. Like I've done a lot of stuff you know, when NFL and NBA and I've been around that atmosphere being around broadcasters, Never had that opportunity to be around a D1 experience. What was that like? It was so cool. Like, so I, as I mentioned, I went to Penn State. So I'm used to having gone to Beaver Stadium. I've been in the student section. I've been to the Bryce Jordan Center to go to basketball games. So I lived that experience and Penn State is in my family lineage. So I've been doing that my whole life. So then to go into it as a broadcaster was really, really cool because all my other experiences in sports that predated WWE were small scale colleges. I was working at the division three level for the most part. So to be able to get that opportunity at that level was like, okay, you know, let's, let's get ready for this. Let's make sure we can handle this. But um, it was also a big change because for the last nine years, everything I've done has been on television. This was a radio opportunity. They were both ESPN radio opportunities. A radio broadcast is so much different than a TV broadcast. So there are plenty of things that I was like, okay, I have to adjust this on the fly that in terms of the environment, I love to let the environment speak for itself. I think it's something that I learned from WWE in terms of if the crowd is up and you've got a cool moment, just let it be. And there are a lot of instances in both those games I mentioned that I called for ESPN radio where I was like, I would love to say nothing but you have to say something because it's radio and you got to explain what's happening on the court. So it's just, again, it's learning and it's a whole different chapter in my career. That's been a blast. Both Ian Eagle and Chris Carino, who covered the nets out here in uh, the New York metropolitan area, both did radio said, when you're doing radio, you have to paint the picture for the person who's, who's listening and you have to make it, if they're closing their eyes, they can see the game that you're explaining. And Radio is much, I don't want to say much difficult more than TV, because like you said, TV, you just let the picture do it. And you're, you're like the garnish on the, on the picture. Yeah. You're the garnish on the steak. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) I would know. I completely agree. Radio is tough. Radio is tough. So I'm glad, uh, I'm I'm glad I got the opportunities to do that. Hopefully my phone rings again sometime soon. Um, You guys are going to be in the Philadelphia area uh, for, for impact tapings coming up. Philadelphia, well-known, hardcore wrestling town. Talk to us about the tapings and where, not not asking this for spoilers for storylines or anything, but where the company is going as far as being back out on the road for these tapings. Um, Is this almost like the test the waters? You guys did a couple different places, but now testing the waters, getting out of that home base of the impact zone? Yeah, just learning kind of what everybody experienced before I arrived. 
performing in front of no fans is tough, but it was necessary within the pandemic. And listen, when I was in WWE, did the same thing with Monday Night Raw in the WWE Performance Center for I don't know how many months. So it, it's a struggle. Um, to be in front of fans is fantastic. And to see the fans responding and coming out to these shows, we had a great crowd in Louisville the other weekend for Sacrifice. It was really great. Um, Philadelphia is fantastic. I'm excited for it because the day before is St. Patrick's Day. So if you're trying to roll <laughs> right into the weekend after St. Patrick's Day, which they take it very seriously in Philadelphia, then Friday, March 18th and Saturday, March 19th, the 2300 Arena is the place for you to be. ImpactWrestling.com for tickets. Uh, we'll film a bunch of weeks of TV for Impact Wrestling that will appear on Access TV. I'm really excited to see what develops with Bullet Club. Uh, I've been blessed to be able to get to call their stuff because for years we kind of danced around it in WWE and now I get to delve into it, which is really fun. Uh, I'm really excited to see what happens in regards to the new knockouts uh, world champion, Tasha Steeles. I think the world of her as a talent. So I'm very curious to see what she does now with this opportunity as champion. And then a lot has been announced on social media by impact wrestling for what's happening first weekend of April, Friday, April 1st at WrestleCon, the Fairmount hotel to be specific. Impact Wrestling is going to do the multiverse of matches. You've got the Briscoes versus the Good Brothers, Ishii versus Eddie Edwards, and then Chris Sabin versus Jay White. And I believe Deanna Perrazzo is going to have a champ champ challenge as well. Just to think about how we're going to get to those. I can't wait to see what we do in Philly. And Deanna was just on uh, with us. Uh, last week and basically said Tasha better watch out because that belt still had her name on it in her mind. So <laughs> I, I'd love to be able to see if we have a champ, champ, champ. That would be really cool. I'm sure Deanna would love that too. Yeah, Deanna would definitely do it. Let's let's plug some uh let's plug, plug the podcast and let's plug social media for you. Let's talk what about your podcast? Talk to me about it. Yeah, it's it's been great. Uh, I've been working with former Penn State quarterback and also former NFL and XFL quarterback Matt McGloin. Uh, since this past August, he obviously had some great years with Penn State. So he and I have gotten to be friends, ironically, through wrestling. Um, so I had done one of his shows once upon a time, and uh, he's followed my career. And when he had an opportunity to do uh, this podcast with uh, the Believe Network, uh, I jumped at it. It was something that was really cool for me. I love Penn State football. Obviously, I've followed it since I was a kid. So um, you can check it out at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V. And then, of course, it's all over my social media page. Uh, on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Tom Hannafin, H-A-N-N-I-F-A-N. So uh, the podcast is great. If you're a Penn State football fan and you're listening to this wrestling slash sports podcast and I'm somehow catching you, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Well, and check them out every week on Impact Wrestling on Access TV. Tom, thanks for giving us a few minutes. Just hold on right there. Well, we'll talk to you off air. We'll be right back here on the Cut for Wrestling podcast right now. All right, that was Tom Anifin, the voice of Impact Wrestling. I really like the fact that Impact is giving him the freedom to go work with ESPN and still follow his dreams. Like, it's amazing about Tom is he was able to start his journalism career and was making like 50 bucks a game calling college football and uh, college basketball. And he and I spoke off air for a little while, and he was very, very much involved in Penn State and started covering the Sandusky uh, case. And he actually pulled himself out of it because – he saw that it ethically was, you know, what they were looking for from the from the program that he was working with. He is a very good guy, stand up guy. Uh, Tom Hannafin was a pleasure to have on the show, and he will come back. He and I were discussing him coming back for a forum that we're going to be putting together here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's pay some bills. Uh, check out Impact Wrestling every single week on Access TV. Go to ImpactWrestling.com. 
for all the information on where you can watch the show, where they're coming to do tapings near you, and to follow your favorite stars of Impact Pro Wrestling. Follow the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are the main ones. Of course, podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere you get your podcast from. So give us a follow. Give us a chance. Check out some of the interviews we do. Andrew and Alyssa do a great job of putting our shows together and putting them out there. So we say thank you to them. And I thank you, the audience. Give us a review. Give us what your thoughts are of our shows. Check us out every single week here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. And thank you for giving us some time. And we will see you next time here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast.